This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Respectful workplace training. You do it for managers, employees. You do it for all levels of people involved in any organization. Uh, is the impetus mostly because we have rules now and companies have some obligation to themselves, their shareholders, and their employees to have at least a common understanding of the rules? That's a good question. The Certainly, we have a brand new legislation. It's it's uh, came into being with WorkSafe legislation in uh, November of 2013. So it's quite recent in BC. Absolutely, okay. It and it's quite and it's it's growing across the country. It started in Quebec in 2003. They were the first province to get the same sort of legislation. It's it's some worded somewhat differently, but essentially, it's the bullying and hara- anti-bullying and harassment legislation. Mm-hmm. Alberta is aiming to become the sixth Canadian province this year in 2017. And so some organizations are looking to put a tick in the box and say, yes, we have done it. We are, we are compliant. Right. But many organizations, they contact us because they really want to reinforce the, the importance of building respectful workplaces and relationships within their workplace. They don't want to do it as a result of a, of a harassment investigation uh, recommendation. Oh, by the way, you, you, did you know you're supposed to be doing training? Um, did you know you're and, – all organizations tend to have a policy, um, but it's how that policy is rolled out that, as to whether people really understand the importance of developing those workplace relationships. At the beginning of the program, I said, in just a few minutes, we're all going to get an upgrade on our respectful workplace knowledge and skills. So let's, let's everybody listening is, is involved in some kind of workplace activity uh, to one extent or another, even if you're just, if, if you're retired and you go shopping, you're in somebody else's work workplace. So give us an upgrade here, Phil. Where do we start in terms of the understanding for the need for all of this? What a great opportunity. I think the most important thing that I can suggest to people is that to remind ourselves, and this is something that requires a little moment of self-reflection, that we are completely different people how we think we show up in our world is not the same person as people who the, as we are experienced by other people in our world. The person that I am sitting here in front of you, Sterling, this morning, I have one impression of who Phil Eastwood is in your radio studio. And your impression of who Phil Eastwood is is something different. So, and it doesn't make mine right. It doesn't make yours right. We right. just need to know, understand that there's a difference in perception. Sure. So in workplaces everywhere, whether you are that person going into the workplace um, as a consumer as you, as you, or a coworker, or a supervisor or a manager or a leader, we need to understand that there's an element of, of, uh, of, of personal understanding and growth that we can go through if we become curious about how someone else experiences us. And when, we, when, when I think I'm right, and this is my version of it, and, I can be, uh, and, and that your, your version of me is wrong, what happens for us is that we can, we can create that disconnect, and that relationship can rapidly sort of unravel in organizations because of that, uh, um, my um, misunderstanding of, of, of who you uh, really think I am. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the workplace, of course, is complicated by that. It's not just uh, groups of individuals uh, uniting for uh, a few hours every day over coffee to, uh, uh, to chat and, and get a few things done. Workplaces are 
pretty high-stress environments in which productivity tends to be emphasized to varying degrees in various ways. Some uh, managers are bullies, frankly, and uh, intimidate or try to intimidate their workers into performing better. Other managers, recognizing the stupidity of that approach, try what? What's the opposite to being that dumb? It's another great question. Thank you. That's probably one of the reasons that we have actually legislation in many ways is to provide that that uh, set of standards that we all need to um, manage our workplaces in. We it's uh, the bullying and harassment has been defined uh, as we go through um, you know uh, tribunals and cases in the future when that's and when that definition is tested, it will further define what it is. But managers who really understand the benefit of working with people. Uh, those are the individuals that spend time talking to their employees and really listening to those employees, mm-hmm. trying to develop a relationship, a rapport. You know, the, the best manager I ever had in my entire career, and I speak about him in, in, the, in the book, was a, a chap called John Burbeck, who was my inspector back in Notting Hill. He wasn't the best police officer by far, but he certainly knew me as an individual. Mm-hmm. He, knew who, he knew who Phil was. He knew what my likes and my dislikes were. He knew what I, my hobbies were. He knew my family background. He, he took an interest in me as a human being, not just as an employee, as Constable 172563 of the Metropolitan Police Force. And I think that what we sometimes went we are sometimes hired by organizations who've had an issue in the workplace where your first uh, description of the manager who is a bully who yeah. comes into an organization and is pounding their I'll fist whip on the these table to people into shape absolutely yes right, right. yeah beatings will continue until morale improves around here that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah, right. the, the that type of of of, um, of managing style those individuals um, we we really want to work with and to try and change the environment and and their understanding that you uh, you get much more from an organization um, with, with uh, dealing with people as human beings and people want to you know I want to work in an organization where I'm treated fairly I'm treated as an individual I'm treated respectfully I'm validated I am uh, I I am recognized I'm I'm not invisible I'm not a an employee number, mm-hmm. and and uh, our frontline supervisors and our, our managers have a vital role to play. Yes, productivity is important. Um, yes, uh, branding and 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 and, and um, that sort of public perception of organizations sure. is important. But you know the the places where you become a um, where people are trying to be an employer of choice, those organizations are where people get treated really really well, and it's not. Uh, they're not based on a on an employee number. They're treated as human beings. Okay, uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines here and uh, just to turn you over to the tender mercies of our listeners here, because uh, it, it, this is a subject that is quite recent in terms of law in BC. A lot of us still struggling to understand what it means, and a lot of us still anxious for that upgrade. Phil Eastwood is our guest from the Fiore Group Training, and uh, we'll be back with uh, your call six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight. Lots more still ahead on Vancouver consumer welcome back to vancouver consumer i'm sterling fox joined in studio by phil eastwood who is the senior partner with the fiore group training and they talk about essential training for today's workplaces and in the process they create incredibly safer workplaces this by the way month of february is among other things bullying awareness month and of course wednesday february 22nd is anti-bullying day uh, we'll have our pink shirts with make nice on them uh, down here at a nw that day uh, there is, uh, Phil, some kind of uh, awareness, uh, increasing 
a level of awareness in terms of need for respectful behavior. Uh, and, and the workplace is a microcosm of that. But do you feel that in the past couple of years that uh, there, there is an increasing level of public awareness? Absolutely. I think that the fact that there's been a number of sort of high-profile cases across the country uh, to sort of reinforce that. But since in, in British Columbia particularly, since that, that uh, legislation came out in, in 2013, there's, there's very – even though people had policies and procedures ahead of that um, and have had some in for some time – there's certainly a, a very much more of awareness within the workplace that this should be that there needs to be a standard of, of expectation of behavior and uh, you know unions are on board with it uh, management's on board with it so that there is a growing sort of chorus of we want to come to a workplace where we feel as though we're respected. Okay, now let's talk about the grumpy few who have yet to wrap their heads around this concept because you hear things and you hear it. You hear, I don't, I, I just, I go to work now and it's just such a no fun place. Everybody's just so sensitive and so tuned up wearing chips on their shoulders. I go to work, I keep my big mouth shut, I work as hard as I can and when the, when the, when the whistle goes or whatever, when the clock says go, I turn around and I leave. I try to have as minimum contact with my co-workers as possible because you just never know who you're going to set off next and i mean he feels rolling his eyes it's not like the first time he's heard this i can tell i'm shocked <laughs> so what do you say to someone like who's just sort of reluctantly being dragged along with the rest of the group Thank you for that opportunity to talk. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is that the legislation talks about unwelcome and inappropriate behavior. The definition, uh, my definition of unwelcome or inappropriate, and although there is a sort of a standard that's called the reasonable person test, when you're sort of looking back in the cold light of day, what would a reasonable person think about some sort of behavior? Sure. But really, the, the litmus test comes down to the fact that I don't know what your definition of unwelcome is until I get to know you a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what we focus on in the Fiori Group is about the, the importance of, getting to, of building relationships within the workplace, getting to not to uh, sort of put your head in the sand and ignore people until the whistle goes mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and you can rush off home, but to actually understand that in a workplace where you understand who people are, where you recognize them and... You know, I, I'm a huge believer in the in the six degrees of separation. We are all connected in some weird way, and we just need to give ourselves an opportunity to get to know people. And the more that we get to know people, the more we understand what makes them tick and who they are as a human being, the less likely we're going to do something or say something that is going to be unwelcome to that person. So we're not about sterilizing the workplace in any way, shape, or form, right. or, or making it a no-fun zone. That's not what we're here to do. What we want to do is to, is to embrace those relationships in the workplace and find and give people people tools and, and, and find ways to, to encourage those to take, take, take place. Are there, are there particularly more prevalent types of, uh, of workplace harassment that are more common than others? Well, we haven't kept a, a score sheet in any way. Um, the three primarily ways that, or three sort of um, uh, themes that appear in, in the legislation and in people's policies will be sort of basic bullying and harassment, which is a, which can cover a multitude of sins, really. Right. Then there's the sexual harassment, mm. and then there's also discriminatory harassment, which plays into the 15 in B.C. anyway, um, human uh, prohibited grounds within the B.C. Human Rights Code. Are all B.C. businesses that employ staffs of, I would assume there's a certain minimum number, but is every company in British Columbia obliged nowadays, Phil, to have some kind of written and properly prepared workplace harassment uh, policy? 
Yes, they are. If they are provincially, if they are regulated from the uh, provincial regulations uh, in British Columbia, federal uh, organizations ha- have a federal sort of standard. Right, to apply broadcasting to. being one of those. We, we've had these in in place in, at the federal level for quite a number of years. It's relatively new at the provincial level. Yes, it is, and, and, and this is something that um, I mean, you can go onto the WorkSafe BC site. They have tons of information about it there. But uh, yes, you're you're absolutely re- uh, required and not obliged, but legally required to okay. have this in place. So, what about training then? Is this why the Fiore Group is now uh, uh, an up-and-coming company in British Columbia? Because in addition to have being required to have uh, a workplace uh, safety policy, mm-hmm. uh, is there a requirement that your staff be trained up? Yes, there is. But the definition of training um, is, uh, is somewhat gray because, I mean, training could be simply as a new employee. If you're coming into an organization, we give you a policy, right. our respectful workplace policy or our bullying and harassment or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And we say, Sterling, uh, you're a brand new employee here. Please read this right. and sign the bottom to let me know that you've read it and uh, we're good to go. Um, or it could be... That's not exactly training, though, is it? Well, no. If I not. look at the table of contents, I may have read it, and I'll <laughs> sign off, right? And that's, that's uh, you know, I'm being cynical. But, Absolutely. But you know, th- there's, there's more to it than that, isn't there? Well, we hope there's more to it than that, but some organizations are doing... But, but that's, the, that's the minimal that they are required to do. Right. So have your staff been introduced to your policy? And that's one way of doing it, for sure. Um, we also provide in, in our Fiori group. We, we have an online environment as well where people can do. The oh, same you can thing. do webinars and things. Absolutely, Anna. oh, and, fantastic. Yeah, okay. we, have, we have an LMS system we use, or we go in and do face-to-face training, which of course allows for conversation, it allows for dialogue, it allows, like we're doing this morning. But are you kind of like the fire department, though? Do you get called in after some something has has come up, and <laughs> and oh, we've had an incident. We better get some pros in here, settle everybody down. Our phone calls and our contacts come from two primary sources. They come either from the human resources officers okay. who are uh, who may be doing something proactively, I hope, and re- recognizing this is an important conversation to have, or from, our, or from the safety department. Primarily, we get – you're absolutely right. We get called in maybe after something's happened mm-hmm. or – There's been we, an incident. Yes, right. or, we, or we get called in proactively. So both. I okay. wouldn't say one is more prevalent than the other. Okay. And uh, how long, again, I, I, from a, a small BC business perspective, if I have to have all this workplace uh, harassment and security and safety policy and all this business now part of, as part of my business, and I need to have my people plugged in and connected to what this is all about, uh, how, how long is it going to take you or your team members uh, to come in and train up and tune up my team? Uh, and, and how much is it going to cost? Because this, to a small business operator, becomes a kind of an urgent matter, Phil. I know it's tax deductible, probably, but you still have to pay for it. I think the return on the investment, Sterling, is is in terms of the cost of doing it and the and the and the speed at which it's done. Certainly, you don't want to spend, you, you don't want to suddenly um, uh, introduce it as the flavor of the month, right. and Basically, then because it becomes less valuable that way, it needs to be some. It needs to be part of a cultural. If if you've not got it in your organization, then it will be news to some people in the company, and you want to be you want to create it as a part of a cultural journey that the company's on and to be that employer of choice. Mm. Um, the return on the investment, though, is in strictly dollars and cents is, is not really uh, a, a great way to uh, quantify it. Okay. Because what you're, if you have an organization, you know, it costs money to hire people, it costs money to train people, it also costs uh, you as a business owner 
when people leave because they're dissatisfied, mm-hmm. because they don't like the way they're treated, because they don't like, because they can't get on with people, because they feel they're tre- being treated disrespectfully, um, that will cost you money as well to replace those people. Mm-hmm. So the, the return on, on, on doing this, not only is it good business sense, but also it's, it's good, it's, it's a great, um, opportunity to create an environment where people stay and, that motivates people. It's you know, so your your return on any investment uh, exponentially increases the, the the longer you do this, and the and the more um, it's ingrained in the company fabric and becomes just a way of, of not because you have to, because you want to do. This. So, how do you approach a new business? Somebody calls you up and says, "Okay, we've got forty or fifty employees here. We're just a brand new company. We understand that we have some we have to conform to uh, safety and workplace uh, harassment uh, policy and regulations. We'd like our managers teamed up, tuned up." And then we need to have our, our entire workforce. How many days and working hours would it take? Because I know you offer different levels of training to different specific groups. So how long would it take you to take that executive unit of maybe half a dozen people, train them up, and then take the workforce, the whole company of 40, 45 people? How many days or hours would that whole process take? Well, uh, our uh, supervisor and managerial training, we break them up into either day-long sessions or primarily half-day sessions okay. because we don't want this to be a um, such an overwhelming uh, challenge uh, organizationally for people that they that they steer away from it altogether. Right. We want them to. We want them to. So we want to fit into their sort of um, schedule. Uh, ultimately, um, you know, if the customer says we've only got an hour, we've or we've only got ninety minutes, or we've only got two hours, then, then you I'm not, do it in ninety minutes. Then we'll do, then we'll do what we can. Sure, right. But but always understanding that the fact that the more time we spend in dialogue, the more time we spend in, in, in spend in conversation, the, the the deeper the understanding for the organization. Right. So uh, and it can happen, you know, relatively uh, quickly. I mean, because the, the legislation and, the, and the, the fabric is the same. It's just a question of sort of overlaying it into the into the culture of an organization and understanding. What what their needs are? How uh, how how often uh, do you get calls in a kind of an emergency scenario? Help! We just we just suddenly realized you know we haven't exactly uh, been up to speed on all of our workplace uh, uh, safety and harassment conformity. <laughs> so, gosh, how quickly can you get over here and and uh, allow us to check that box off? Well, we don't exactly have a bat phone where the thing goes off and all of a sudden we're rushing out of the, <laughs> right. of, of the bat cave to, to take care of things like that. However, I mean, it, they, they happen on, on regularly enough that obviously there's companies out there that still need to sort of and, – and the language about tuning up and, and conforming, it's, it's very sort of regulatory – uh, base. We would like. We, we want to approach it from a, a different lens. We want to approach it from a from a perspective that this is something that really people want to embrace. That this is something that is is really good for business. And that's what I was going to ask you. Actually, how many people at, uh, approach you because they have to, and how many people approach you because hey, if we did a little, a little bit of this, mm. wouldn't this be a, a a much more pleasant place to come to work to every day? Well, certainly we get phone calls from both areas for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, but I would think the trend, again, based on what I see in terms of general awareness, the trend would be towards people being proactive. And let's get these people in here and let's, let's make sure that everybody on our team understands how we expect uh, to be treated and to, to, to treat each other in the workplace. It's all about relationships, darling. It really is. And, and our focus is, is primarily uh, based on 
trying to provide a way of people to recognize the value of that person sitting next to them in the workplace and to understand and to connect with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, workplaces always produce, I mean, their personalities are, uh, and uh, they're such that you don't always get along with everyone. It's, it's just inevitable that there will be some kind of clash of personalities. When that occurs, what, what do you recommend? Because both, both parties are vital to the organization. They just don't particularly like each other. Uh, effectively, as coworkers, they're, they're fine. But, you know, don't ask them to sit in, in, next to each other at the Christmas party or anything like that. How, <laughs> how, do, you, how do you sort of square that circle? Well, uh, we're not trying to make sure everyone's best friends at right, the end right, of the training of course, session. Yeah. That's, that's not our goal, um, because that would be Xanadu. Um, where we, and we don't expect to get to, you, you to come when you get come to work to be hugged by every single member of the, of the staff here. It's one of those things where we just want to recognize that we are different. Uh, we want to be respectful. We want to be polite. We want to be professional in an organization. And we can do that without needing to be best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, organizations are required within the uh, within the legislation, of course, to do risk assessment. So if you've got a, a, a two people that just cannot get on mm-hmm. with each other, then there's a there's a requirement to try and uh, stick handle that and to try and work out if there is a uh, a way of of managing those relationships um, and improving things, but you, you certainly don't want to stick two nightmares in the same room together, exactly. knowing there's going to be it's just a matter of time before the bomb goes off. Right, exactly. Yeah. And again, but so there's a little bit of, and now that's something that you would deal with at the managerial level, right? Mm-hmm. Again, so when these circumstances come up, here are a few recommendations. Try this, and if that doesn't work, try this kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay, so now that it's the law, in British Columbia, and uh, f- this we're now province number five, Alberta about to become number six sometime in 2017. Yes, that's the hope. Uh, so, with so, where does it get enforced? If if there is an issue in the workplace that warrants some kind of enforcement attention, where does that come from, Phil? Well, WorkSafe is the governing body that has that um, authority. The uh, we were mentioning off, off air, I, you, you asked what, what does a person do in terms of their feeling not uh, heard in their workplace. Right. And, and certainly everyone's policy must set out sort of steps that they – which we want everyone to realize that the best way of resolving something in terms of a personality conflict is informally, first of all, with the other person. But that takes some level of confidence. Supervisors, HR, but also WorkSafe has a sort of a, a complaint line, if you like, where people, oh, okay. where people can go on and voice concerns about what they're um, – so if you're finding yourself in that kind of workplace environment right now and you don't exactly know where to turn and you don't even trust your manager because mm-hmm. they'll turn you in and fire you or whatever, you become a problem. So there is on the WorkSafe BC website then, there is a complaint mechanism Absolutely, you can follow? There is. Okay. Want to cl- include a call here. Linda Maple Ridge, thanks for waiting. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I just had a question. Um, we have a bullying policy at my place of employment. Okay. Um, we are in healthcare, and uh, we actually have issue sometimes with patients. Oh yeah, um, coming into our clinic, and it's stressful. They're having procedures done, and they might be upset about something or bad news, and they can sometimes become a little abusive and use foul language and yell and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, I've had questions regarding the bullying policy and patients, and we've kind of drawn a line that if the patient is swearing or using foul language regarding the situation, that's one thing. If they transfer that language and that abuse to our employee, then we, you know, try to end the situation and the 
the employer, the uh, patient. Not a lot of time here, Linda. I'm curious as to how you how you reach that that conclusion. The way you deal with your uh, uh, clients did is that a policy thing, or do you just kind of work that am- amongst yourselves, you you and your teammates? Uh, we kind of worked it out amongst okay. ourselves. Phil, what what would the what would the policy be, or what would Linda's employer? be rightly concerned about uh, in that scenario oh, all of that i mean i i from what i heard from linda's uh, comments there i mean the, the policy the internal policy applies to people coming into your workplace as well as the as well as the employees or uh, co-workers absolutely yeah so again if you're uh, and you see the nurses union is on about this uh, they were just on the news about a couple of days ago so linda interesting stuff and very timely because they do receive uh, physical assault and so on from very agitated very very upset, stressed out people. And there are policies in place, Phil, but sometimes it's easy to write a policy and difficult to enforce. Well, one of the things that the Fraser Health and Vancouver Coastal Health has, has done, they've uh, certainly in, in um, Vancouver General Hospital, they've got fairly uh, large-scale poster campaigns that was developed by their Occupational Health and Safety Committee in, in, in the summer of last year to reinforce the notion that we don't, you know, they don't accept anyone treating anyone abusively, sure. with aggressive language or right. threatening behavior. And I'm sure that that's what Linda is referring mm-hmm. to within uh, Maple Ridge. Is that correct? Yes, that was Maple Ridge. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and you see transit operators with the same kind of uh, uh, unexplained situation. They get attacked by somebody, you know, in, on, on a quiet bus ride home. I mean, gosh. Well, there's a number of things. Just quickly, the uh, the employer has a legal responsibility to provide a safe workplace, not right. just a physically safe workplace, but now a psychologically safe workplace. Supervisors and managers have a legal responsibility to provide that safe physical and safe psychological workplace. And employees have a legal responsibility to behave in a safe physical way and a safe psychological way. So we've so when we look at the workplace violence prevention legislation that's been around since uh, the mid-1990s in British Columbia, we were the very first province to get this in Canada. And then the bullying and harassment legislation in 2013. Um, it's, it's all about safety, not just physical safety, but also psychological safety. Sure. Yeah. I have to leave it there uh, because I want to take a second and uh, make sure that everyone knows about your website, the Fiore Group. Fiore, by the way, is spelled F-I-O-R-E. Well, you know the accent? Uh, Fiore Group, fioregroup.org is the website. It's very comprehensive. talks about all the varying levels of programs. Uh, you have an office in Denver. You're into the American market. You're expanding a growing British Columbia company. Phil Eastwood, thanks for coming by. A real pleasure to meet you. We must do this again. Thank you very much indeed, Sterling. Enjoyed it. Fioregroup.org. Back with lots more after this. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.